Welcome to Big Blend Radio with your hosts, Lisa and Nancy, editors of BigBlendMagazine.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio. Uh, you know, we like to talk about relationships, and sometimes that means divorce, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. We have renowned author Dawn Deus joining us. Uh, she's talking about the fifth installment in her book series, uh, which is the... Can I say shit on our own show, Dawn? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't mean, know. Are you going to beep, your, beep yourself out? Okay. The S-H-I-T, no one tells you about <laughs> divorce. Uh, I, you know. Okay. So come on. The stuff no one tells you about divorce, but this is her series is the stuff no one tells you about, whether it's pregnancy, toddlers, uh, pregnancy is a big one, you know, and just in general, the things people don't tell you in life. And then all of a sudden you find out and you're going, what? Um, I think that's a really cool series. So everyone can go to your website, Don Dais, D-A-I-S is the last name. And uh, of course, Amazon, you're all over. Amazon is a bestseller as well. So welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is great um, because divorce is messy. Any kind of breakup is messy. And I think you deal with it right uh, up front immediately in your book talking about it is a process of grief. But dealing with someone's passing is that's a kind of a natural occurrence. Divorce is very difficult because it goes into the did I do this right or wrong kind of blame game too, right? That kind of makes it harder. Yeah, Um and, and there's different, you know, there's divorce with and without kids. And I think those are two entirely different oh, yes. experiences. Um, I had kids and um, I think the divorce of any type is difficult, but when you have children and you basically have to, you know, collaborate with this person on the most important project in the world for the rest of your days, like that's a, that's a, it's a big ask. And especially at the beginning of the end, when everything's very heightened and raw and you guys are kind of both trying to heal from each other and you're trying to heal from that person that is constantly in your face because you're having to co-parent with them. So, um, yeah, there's definitely a grief process. My first therapist that I talked to really was leaning into that, you know, equating it to grief and the the different stages of grief that you're going to go through. For me, the grief... I think was more the losing my kids 50% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had kind of grieved my relationship years prior because it had been one of those, it was sort of dying oh. on the vine for a long time. And we stayed together because we had kids and we had a whole huge life and um, you know, we stayed together and we shouldn't have, but there was definitely a grief that occurred for the ending of the relationship much sooner than the relationship was officially like divorce signed. But my grief for I don't even know if I'm completely over it yet is that I lost, you know, 50% of my time with my kids. Um, I don't know that I was, I knew I was expecting it, but it it hit me really, really hard to, Mm -hmm. to not be with them every single day. They were, I think six and eight when we split. Um, so they weren't babies. That's good, but it was just hard. It's hard not taking them in every night and being with them every morning and being with them every time they're sick and that kind of stuff. Um, so that was kind of what I had to deal with like, as far as grief 
Did you said it was at seven stages of grief, right? Or for divorce, is it seven? Yeah, it was it's seven stages five. of, it was, I think it was what the five stages of grief and I changed it to the seven stages of divorce. Yes. And seven um, stages of divorce and your journaling part. I, I, I kind of, it's so funny. I just had an interview with a psychologist, uh, Jody Eckleberry Hunt, and she wrote about badass stories and we were talking about stuff. And I said, well, I don't think we said this on air, but if journaling is exactly how you write it out and everybody, a little bit of profanity goes along long way yeah I'm just gonna say you know so I was just telling her after I was like my journaling is this 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 and then I'm like okay I'm done now yeah <laughs> I have nothing more to say I was talking to a bunch of different divorce people before I started writing to kind of try to find a through line in all of our experiences and it there is a through line it's just, there's something about talking to someone that's been through divorce no matter the circumstances mm-hmm. and but so we've talked for hours and hours and hours. And I was like, I I'm just trying to get my head in the right space before I write this book. Cause we were only like a year, a year and a half out from divorce when I was writing it. And I knew like, I just didn't really want to write like a temper tantrum that was going to be in permanent ink. It's just not cute. So I was trying to get my head straight, but I said, I want to make sure I'm, I'm in the right headspace. So I don't write an entire book with every chapter titled F you you effing F. <laughs> and they were like, oh, but I would read that book. And so I was like, well, maybe I can incorporate that. And so I have like four or five chapters that are like rage journal <laughs> sections. And I think that's important too, you know, like getting, cause you're just, you can't just carry around this anger. And no. definitely you have to like, I have a rage journal chapter that's like, just to put your story down on paper and you don't need to share it with your ex. You don't need to like put it on social media. You don't need to blow it up and put it on your wall, but like rage it out under paper. And eventually you just have to leave it behind you because it's not mm. doing you any good to you carry burn it around. Have you done and the burn it? Yes. Yeah, I was, burn it. You have the burning ceremonies are great. Yes. It's like <laughs> it, you have to, I mean, there's lessons to be learned from everything. So like take the lessons, leave the wreckage and like keep moving. You can't carry that anger with you all the time. It's just, it was, what is that? you like, you take the poison and expect the other person to die sort of thing. Like it, you, you're just, yeah. the anger is not doing you any favors and it's not hurting the other person, you know, it's just yeah. hurting you. So yeah, that's the rage journals, get it all out, rage it out. And and you talk about social media and this is something really, especially, you know, you have kids, right? So here you are as a couple, and then you talk about the importance of you, you want the divorce announcement, which <laughs> I think is, it's funny because I have a friend who went through a breakup I don't think they were quite married, but it's Commonwealth kind of thing. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? And um, everybody kept going to her. Well, you know, her daughter's uh, dad. And she's like, excuse me, everybody. We have not been together for two freaking years. Can you, <laughs> if you want to know how he is, go ask him. I don't <laughs> care. I mean, I see him, but this is not, I don't want to know. I don't care. We're done. It's over. Like, would you stop? coming to me to talk to him you know yeah. so it's it's a um and yet they do have their unity with their par- their kids together uh you know but that that whole kind of like it's just stop it and and then also not I've had a friend who and their ex where he just started off on her on social media in front of people so the social media and the announcement I think that has to happen in a way like something has to happen well it's so I it's always fun because like social media, which is like Facebook, you are friends, quote unquote, with a lot of people that you're really not friends with. You sort of like right. know them or you knew them at some point. You went to high school with them. You had you know, like it's not somebody that you're like texting or calling on a regular basis. It's always fun when somebody's going through a breakup and you're like, 
you can you can see the breadcrumbs of their hints that they're going through a breakup and you're just like hold on then you start kind of looking back and like this investigative sort of thing with me I I did like a photo shoot with my kids for the fall or something and I did a bunch of photos with them and then with them and me and then for my holiday card I sent it out and it was just the three of us and that was sort of like my announcement my friends and my family that were close to me knew but like I just don't have time to like tell mm-hmm. every person in the world and I didn't do and like then who do you tell post. yeah who do you tell like, like you have to make a just, list yeah, yeah like you have to go through and so and then I said one good way to do it is tell you like your one friend that cannot keep a secret and tell them and then say, please don't tell anyone. And then just let them do the work. Like you want yeah. people to know so that you're not having these weird conversations at like the kids games where people still think that you guys are together or like, you know, a family event where your uncle Bob's like, so how, mm. so how's it? And you're like, well, we've been divorced for three years. You know, like you don't really want to go around putting a billboard up, but then at the same time, like just there's gotta be different ways to let people know. Mm. And then also um, with you being married to having been married to a woman, what is that like now when uh, it was so hard to get marriage to be legal? You know, uh, gay marriage is just, I mean, it wasn't too long ago, a friend of mine finally got married and, um, you know, his partner, they were together for almost 40 years. And Uh after 40 years, they finally get married. So one of them had cancer. Uh Within six months, he passed away. And the other one couldn't get the social security money because you weren't married long enough. Oh, they just now legally, I mean, it's taken, we had a president that didn't let things happen. (laughs) Anyway, so it just took, it took time. And finally he won and a whole bunch of others. It was like a a big lawsuit thing that went up to the Supreme court and everything. And they finally won that saying, Hey, if you were married at this kind of time, you know, the equal rights are equal rights, you know? So yeah, it's got to be yeah. kind of an interesting thing now where you, there was this big fight for this. And then people look at it like, you should not get divorced. Like, <laughs> you know, did, did, was there any of that kind of feedback, uh, you know, when, when you went through this? No, not really. But um, I remember when gay marriage was legalized, I was like, this is really good news for wedding planners and divorce attorneys. Cause like, it's oh. just math, right? <laughs> like people that get married, 50% probably going to get divorced. So it's, it's kind of inevitable that there's going to be divorce in that community. I do think that sometimes there's a little added pressure on us because there was such a huge fight for it. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of feel like you're letting down the entire community by divorcing. I know that like celebrity people um, that are in, you know, gay marriages, they get divorced and they feel a a bigger pressure on them because they're sort of representing the whole community um and then I think you know there's some people that were not accepted their sexuality wasn't accepted and they kind of saw their marriage as a validation of their sexuality to Mm. maybe to family members who didn't accept them and they were able to say oh look I I have a marriage I have kids I have I'm doing everything look at my I'm equal I'm equal I'm equal and kind of using that as as trying to get acceptance for them and who they are and maybe feeling like, oh, if I get a divorce, I failed not only in my relationship, but is now my sexuality going to be in question and belittled or whatever. I didn't really have that experience because I just don't have anyone in my life that Mm. is like that. You know, I have a really supportive group of friends and family, but I know that it's, it is the case for some 
people in the gay community. And, you know, there's also the, the part of it that, you know, I had our kids, so they're biologically mine, and my ex is on their birth certificate, but I know people who are in her position who have had their their parenting rights questioned because they're not, the kids aren't biologically theirs. So you have to go Ooh. through like this second parent adoption <gasps> thing. And it's, it's like, I, I told her when I found out about that, cause one of my friends was going through it. And I told my ex, I'm like, you need to get a second parent adoption. And she's like, why you're the one that would take them if, and I'm like, I don't know. I just feel, it feels uncomfortable that like mm. there's someplace somewhere that you could lose your kids. I, it just, and so that's, that's a part of something like I know in the back of her head, she always has that thought that if I were to go nuts, I could probably do something to keep her from her children, you know, like a good Florida or whatever. And that's a, it's a horrible feeling to have when you're going through that process. And that process is hard enough without thinking, oh, is this going to throw mm-hmm. my parenting rights into chaos or something into mm-hmm. question. And that's a horrible thing to be carrying around in the back of your yeah. head. In our case, again, it wasn't something that came up because it's just not my style. Yeah. That That's their parent. That's- but I know people who've had to fight, fight, fight. And um, oh, yeah, and there's yeah. always the fear that what happens at the Supreme Court turns it over and doesn't allow gay marriage and doesn't make everything fall apart as far as parenting and stuff. So it's just a different way of having to kind of yeah, we're still in touchy life. water right now. Yeah. Really, when you think yeah. Of it. For women, especially just in general in this country, we're kind of under attack, you know, uh, not kind of we are about yeah. you know, what's yeah. what's going on with our bodies. And, you know, and, and, you know, talking about the parenting side, that's also really difficult. Um, you know, it's so funny because, you know, I come from a you know divorced family and it was like, get get the kid away because my my uh, whatever person that helped make me is not necessarily a nice person and so it was you know you do want to get your kid away from someone like that but at the same time there's people that yeah how do we work together for the best the best thing of the kid but for my mom in those days it was like oh you know normally the woman gets the kids you know that kind of thing and the dad gets them on holidays meantime the woman's been doing all the hard work so we've changed a lot you know thinking about okay two women and the parenting um, to, to share custody has got to be kind of like, you talk about that in your book about, you know, now it's like, okay, we didn't work out together, but now we, we have to do one of the most important things in the world is raise these, these kids, these humans, and, um, somehow make it good for them and not bring our stuff into their world. So it's like a whole other skill set. Yeah. One of my friends told me the other day that she watched her brother get divorced and she's like, he works harder now on his relationship with his ex than he did when they were married because yeah, you really, it's, it's a, it's a level of maturity and compromise that, you know, it, it's very difficult at the beginning when everything is heightened and you're still kind of in this agitated state. Um, I always liken it to the fact that like we were at a, a, a partnership table and I think I abandoned the partnership table well before we were done I just was done and I sort of saw divorce as like an end point <laughs> and it's not it's divorce is just the beginning of the next thing and I just wanted to be away from this person and then you realize oh no not only do I not get to be away from them I have to it's not even like this casual acquaintance I have no I have to speak to them almost every day and we have to collaborate to raise humans together <laughs> like it's it's not this like 
casual little relationship Man, we I have. I am never dating again. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, I mean, if you don't have kids, it's just a different thing. Yeah. And so, like, we had to come back to this table and and relearn how to communicate with each other and like relearn grace for each other and give and we have a safe word now for when we start to escalate our fights like we're starting to get agitated with each other we have a safe word that we like text or say and then we're done like put it to the side and like take some time and just breathe because like we don't want it because we're both good people and we both love our children more than anything so that's great because not everybody has that situation a lot of people are co-parenting with people that are not coming yeah. back to the table and making the effort. So we're lucky in that regard. But the fact is we're two people that couldn't work together and we have to work together. So and it's- you were attracted to each other for something, you know what I mean? So there was that, like you said, that good part of it, a, a friend of ours, uh, she, she got divorced and, and with her kids, the, the co-parenting, she wanted that co-parenting, you know, they were a little bit older, but still she just thought it was important. And, and he was all into it. And so they had to sit with a mediator and create a plan. And she's, they both agreed. We have to look at our kids as a business, not, you know, not making money, but yeah, yeah. as this other thing, we are not no long. We don't, we don't like each other, but we have to respect each other because we're both good at what we do. And so they looked at their kids as like this company that they have to run. <laughs> yeah. You know? People, a lot of people do that. And I think it helps them disconnect in a way from the emotion of having to do with that person to me that was always a really difficult thing to do because it's not business like these are my kids this is the most important right you still emotional the the therapist would constantly say that it's a business it's a business it's a business and a lot of people I know do that and then other people are kind of like me where they're like this is not a business like this is anything but business this is the most personal thing we will ever do in this life is create human beings from scratch and turn them into great people and love them like and love them in a way that makes them know that they are number one and we're putting our bs to the side Mm. and you know like so we kind of i think at the beginning that helps because there's so much emotion and so you do have to find ways to put that aside and just focus on the project a few years out now we um I think we're able to we're just able to have conversations we're able that's good we're far enough removed from sort of the explosion of things that and I kept saying that I said you know we have to start from today we can't keep bringing the past into every conversation we have because guess what it didn't work so it's over done and we it's not going to work if every conversation we have for the next 10 years somehow brings in our past stuff like we have to start from today and just clean the slate and so we started from today a lot like (laughs) several days we started from today and started from today and eventually I think you get far enough away from that that it's just, it's too much effort to reach back and be like, oh, I remember this time you did it. It's like, oh, God, geez, just keep it moving. Like, what? Again, you're saying it again. We know that story. It's a repeat, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, but there's a growth through what you both are doing. There's a growth, personal growth through through doing this together, right? And then at the same time for your kids, I mean, and then you write a book about it. So how does that go? Well, in regards to writing the book, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, Wow. Yeah, it. That, I mean, that was a huge consideration. You're supposed consideration. to wait until you're a granny to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I. This is like, I don't know. I think eighth, ninth, something book, and I, 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 my a lot of my books have done well enough to be sticking around for years and years and years, and yeah. so I've had the opportunity to to read them ten years out 
And they're all kind of like these time capsules of certain times in my life. Like I did one when I trained for a marathon and there was it's a time capsule of that experience. I did one when my babies were little, that's a time capsule. And you, I'm aware enough to know that I'm writing this right now, but it's going to come out in a year and I'm going to be in a completely different place in a year. And then it's going to be on shelves for years and years and years. And my kids are going to read it someday. And so I was really conscious of that when writing and my editors are very conscious of that. So we did a lot of cutting. I've never edited as much any book because you're doing this balance of trying to be real and raw, but then also like I'm talking about other people and other people's mm-hmm. lives. And there's a certain amount that I, I feel comfortable sharing. And there's a lot, like, it's just not mine to share. You know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of the story that's not in there because yeah, it, it is an invasion of my ex's privacy. So like, you have to kind of walk this line and try to keep the theme sort of universal to mm-hmm. whatever your experience is, you're going to, you're going to have these certain kind of, you know, phases you go through. So yeah, like I said, it's permanent ink and and you're writing about other people and not other people that you're just never going to see again. Like these are the people I have to do life with. And it's important that I take that into consideration. So I hope I did. Okay. You know, I know that I was cutting up until the last second and trying to soften stuff and take as much responsibility for my own part and stuff as I could, because it's never just one person's fault ever, ever, ever. (laughs) So, you know, I was, I always wondered, like, you've got the kids thing, but then to do divorce when people do have a business together, like that's, oh yeah, yeah. Ooh, eek. There are some people that keep doing business and I'm like, oh, and then there's a lot of people that did, that do what we did, which is we kind of knew we were done but we, we just had all these kind of a financial entanglements that we were, yeah. it, was, it was a lot to get out of. And we stayed living together for two years, three years, Wow! just to kind of get the financial stuff settled so that we could go our separate ways and not have to blow up all the stuff that we had built. And we also, both of us just didn't want to leave the babies. And so yeah. there are some people that do that where they're just cohabitating and that is like a ring of hell because it's this purgatory. This is sort of this like, holding pattern on life because you're not in this relationship really but you're with this person you don't want to be with and you're cohabitating with someone that you really don't want to be with so it's like you're stuck there's like a bad reality show it's weird because at the same time you could slip all you could go backwards yeah i think people could slip back into that i mean i've been that with relationships like we're done and then all of a sudden it's like you know we shouldn't have had that glass of wine together (laughs) (laughs) exactly and i was always the one that was very like no because I mean, you do, there's, you have every reason to stay together. You have, I mean, for us, it wasn't, there was no abuse. There was no, you know, cheating. There was nothing. It was just two people that just weren't supposed to be together. I was thinking about that the other day. Like a lot of relationships is like picking a person and doing the thing. And, you know, if people change, people evolve. And so mm-hmm. even the person you, you think you love at this age is, I mean, we're all, we all are constantly changing. So it's, you pick that person and you, that's the person you're going to do it with. And hopefully it works, but there's something to be said for acknowledging at some point, like this was just not the right person. It, mm-hmm. it, and I think, you know, our parents' generation was big on that's the person, put your head down, gonna, yeah. keep it, keep going. That's it. That's your person. You could have and, an arranged marriage. That would be. And those work mm-hmm. out just as much as the ones it's like crazy how well those We've work done out interviews sometimes. on it. And sometimes the stats, depending on where are actually higher, but then I go, okay, well, are you in a country where women have no rights? You know? Yeah. I, one of my, my friend's parents, uh, 
was an arranged marriage and there, but then I think I, I, if I, I had my friends and family picking someone for me, they might actually do a better job than I would. That's, they'd be that's like, the thing too. Yeah, yeah. So like, it just depends on what is actually happening and if there's, you know, what the circumstances are, but I mean, it's all crapshoot anyway. So let's, it's, it's, just, let's try it out. Let's see what happens. I don't you, know. There's, it's just such a mess too. Like when you talk about the finances, like I remember I, you know, having to get rid of the name and it's still once uh, in a blue moon crops up and I'm like, dude, and my last name's Smith. I mean, come on, that sucks. <laughs> and part, I always say that part of the reason I got married was one to say I did it in life <laughs> because I wanted to get it over. Check it off. It didn't, and listen, it lasted six months and I was out. Like, that's, this is so not me. And, but then it's like, you know, I arrive at the court with a bag of stuff going here, get rid of it. But um, the, the name just keeps coming back and it's like, uh, yeah. Dude, I mean, at first I wanted the name just because it would be different than Smith because Smith <laughs> sucks. It's boring, <laughs> you know? And then I'm like, oh boy, this is not what I wanted. This is so, yeah. and then there's all this weird stuff that just, you just can never a hundred percent shake that. And it's like, I don't, it's, it, and then there, there is the guessing games. You start going through stuff in your head, you know, and you talk about going to see a therapist and then also, of course, friends, the support network of friends. But sometimes you just want to go home and take a baseball bat to things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wine. think, yeah, there's <laughs> whatever order you need to do that in. Um, <laughs> I do think there's something to be said for embracing all of that. You know, like there's, there are days I, one of my friends recommended that I start boxing. There, like, there's a home boxing thing oh, where you have like a little punching bag. And I started boxing <laughs> because I was looking for something I needed to, I wasn't eating while I wasn't Get the energy well. out, like, yeah. And I needed something. I'm not a big worker outer. Like I just, I don't do it consistently. It, it's just, it bores me. Like I, I can't be in my head that much. So, but boxing, I just got to beat the crap out of something. And it was <laughs> such a good workout too. But my therapist said it's, it's actually, there's something in the bilateral movement that like, there's something that it helps your brain sort of rewire. They do it with like PTSD veterans. Yeah. They do it. They do therapy on a bike. Cause it's, there's like a bilateral movement thing that's happening with your brain. And she's like, you know, it's really healthy that the bilateral movement. And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, that's great. I also think I would just really like hitting the crap out of this thing. Like you get this, there's this rage that just simmering inside of you. And especially when there's kids involved with like these children that I was so hypervigilant about for so long, having to have them gone from me 50% of the time, not knowing what's happening. And they're perfectly well taken care of. But when you're hypervigilant and your children are not within arm's reach, it's just it's very crazy. But the balance too, the balance of raising kids, because you talk about the Disney dad or Disneyland dad syndrome and all of that about how to balance and then like both be parents and not one going and being the disciplined person. And the, you know, it can't be good cop, bad cop, but it is in a lot of times, you know, that's a reality. Yeah. That's a reality that there are definitely some people that are their house is going to be the fun one. And in my case, we both tried to do that. We both were like just on in the months following the divorce because we were just like dancing for these kids, taking them here and there and doing this and that and planning. And my kids are like the chillest children on the world. They're in the world. They just like, they never have two people been better equipped for COVID. They're like, we got to stay home for six months. 
cool. We're in like we're in pajamas for six months. We're cool with that. <laughs> so both of us are taking them on like all these trips and during summer and then going all these places. And my son's like, when can we stop going so many places? Like, I don't, I want to be home. And I was like, yeah, I think part of it, I was covering up my own sadness by just yeah. moving. And, and now that's all settled. And like the kids just want to be with us, especially because they miss being with us all the time too. So like when we're together now, I just focus more on like just chilling and, and making sure that we're present and we're having fun and whatever. But a lot of our stuff's just us chilling, but yeah, you, you still you have go to do into, homework. Yeah. You, you yeah. kind of have to be at home and you have two homes instead of one really. Yeah. And there are always different rules at each house and that's going to be hard for them. And again, I'm super lucky because I'm co-parenting with someone that is a good parent and is always, yeah, yeah. That's not always the case. There's a lot of times people are that the co-parent's house is like zero rules, zero structure, zero homework. And then they come to your house and they have to do all this stuff. And they like, Oh, this is the bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. That that horrible. Yeah. That's not a fun thing to do. You have to have that good balance and, and, you know, also want your kids to grow and do things, do, you know, find their passions and, and everything. It's hard. I, you know, hats off to all parents. I don't do that side of things, but I respect it immensely. And it's, it's very, you know, I can tell, I know from my mom, if I give her any kind of lip, even Nancy to this day, I mean, I mean, in that middle age zone, you know, and, and she'll look at me like, you don't have a clue, you know, until you are a parent and know what it's like. And cause you are suddenly a single parent, even though you're not a single parent, it's like a weird, it's a weird yeah. thing, you know, but I think, you know, for you to write this, um, I know it's out and I think it's interesting. We're going to air this the day before Valentine's day. <laughs> Perfect. Cause apparently that's how we roll here. We're, <laughs> we're sick and twisted, but no, but the reality is holidays are also like, especially at the beginning, really not holidays put everybody on edge and if you're dating for the first time it's like what do you do you know what I mean I I told you before we went on air that you know I have a tendency to break up with people on holidays it's just a weird thing that just always happened like maybe I just didn't want to go do the family thing I don't know what it is I'm just like you didn't want to buy the present you're like Like, no I don't have the budget for this I'm good at that because I always think about people and what they like you know I'm not that wasn't I think it's just the drama that goes with it. It's like, can't we just go have a glass of wine and get on with it? Like, you know, I think there's this family pressure. Maybe it was just the people I was dating, but somehow, you know. I think that um, holidays inspire um, reflection and introspection. Mm. It's a lot. You kind of, I remember when we were together, there was one holiday, it was Christmas and I was like the December or whatever. And I remember making a mental note that if it's still like this next year, it's I'm leaving like it, they become these sort of like benchmarks and it just makes you it kind of it's a, a time for reflection and especially valentine's you know if the, the person I don't know doesn't do what you want or maybe you've just realized oh I don't actually want to be spending this day of love with this person it can just it holidays just have a way of kind of enlightening you or waking you or maybe shaking you awake from whatever sort of lull you've been in with I don't know but yeah Good times. Yeah, they do. The book. <laughs> yeah, really. That's, this is the time. But I, the, you're really right about those mental notes because it's kind of like you're talking to yourself and they do come back. You do have those memories that come back and those little benchmarks that you're saying that go, yeah, you know, do we really need to do that? And is this phony? Is it not? Yeah, you know, but, you know, don't 
don't hang yourself up on these holidays either, because they're just little traditions that if you read the history of half of them. Yeah. <laughs> when you read the history of half of the holidays, it's pretty brutal. Some of them are really cool, but some of them, you know, Halloween wins to being the best. Holiday, but... With kids, it's always interesting because you're explaining things to them and they ask questions like, what is Easter about? You're like, well, okay. So it's something to do with Jesus, but I don't really know what the bunny is doing and why he's so big and they're just like none of this stuff makes sense i'm like i know don't overthink it like jesus was eating chocolate eggs that came out of a bunny i guess right it just it's and i said really it's all about commercialization everything that started probably as something pure is just now become how do we make money like and how do we extend this for 35 days but don't but don't you think women internalize these things too like if i didn't get something for valentine's day or whatever this becomes a big deal like we've got to realize what's real and important in life and understand that difference between what the commercialization is what's happening with commercials with you know retail with this whole absolutely go buy gifts and please do it with a small business but (laughs) honestly um there's something with that where it's affecting our emotions because of our own expectations. And it's, it's a BS setup, quite frankly. Yeah, and it's not even our expectations. It's something that we, we have been told to expect. I said, I always tell the kids like Christmas is my least favorite time to give people gifts because it's the one time a year that you can hand someone a gift and they feel bad because they didn't get you something. Like I love seeing something out when I'm shopping reminds me of a friend and like give it to them like out yeah. for lunch. And like, I saw this and reminded me of you and like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. But if you do that during Christmas time, if you're like, hey, I saw this and I thought of you and they'd be like, oh, I didn't get you anything. I'm like, it doesn't matter if you've got me anything. I got you a present, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it's like this competition thing. And it's like, it that's not what presents should be. It should be, mm-hmm. I saw something, I thought of you, here's a gift for you yep, not because exactly. I, oh oh crap it's it there's a date on the calendar that says i have to get you a present i'm always telling them that too like you don't just go get someone a present figure out what they like what they what they're interested in and buy them something simple if it's something exactly. simple that they actually connects to like them and their personality it'll be worth so much more than something elaborate that's like pointless you know so don't yeah. stress if you're breaking up over Valentine's. Yeah, just go. With <laughs> go it. get the book. <laughs> exactly. I think. I think even you know whether or not someone has you know done the paperwork um, for marriage that they should read your book. I think it's it's a relationship book too, because there's so yeah. many people who didn't do you know the sign thing, and by this time they may. I don't. This country they don't do that, do they? Where it's like common law marriage, like after. I think after seven, seven or 10 years, maybe seven is common law. Yeah. That's still a thing. Um, yeah, I don't think that a marriage certificate defines a a commitment to somebody. Right. I found that, uh, real estate and children are what really bind you together when you're trying to split up (laughs) (laughs) real estate and maybe your business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Any sort of financial entanglements and children are really going to be a lot more trouble to get out of than a marriage license. I'll tell you that right now. So, yeah, I mean, commitments, commitment, and anytime you're in a relationship with somebody and it doesn't work out, it it hits hard and it's a a rebuilding of a life. You know what it is? It's a rebuilding of a future. You had Mm -hmm. a future in mind for yourself that was sort of set out and then you change that it's gone that that future is gone and that's really exciting when you think about it because you get to rebuild and like mm-hmm. redefine your what thing. you're going to do but it's terrifying because <laughs> you're like oh crap yeah. i thought i like had it figured out and now i'm 40 something and i'm having to 
rebuild all this stuff and like ah yeah Oh, it's cool though, in a way, like you're saying, it's a, it's a blank canvas. And I think at this point, like you, we all learn, like have your own bank account, like just have your own bank. Yeah, account. definitely. That's, that's something yeah, I think my mom, you know, drummed into my head, always have your own bank account, always, always have your own stash. That's because yeah. no I matter mean, what. That's the know. worst. And a lot of women get in that situation where they are stuck financially. I cannot leave. What am I going to do financially if I leave? And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a really suffocating place to be. You know, and I think about my grandma's era when she or her husband, my grandfather died, she didn't even know how to balance a checkbook. She'd never written a check. She didn't, you know, he, he was the dominant yeah. Like you're, you're, you know, get back in the kitchen and have another baby person, you know, so (laughs) Have a baby in the kitchen while you're making dinner. This is your yes, job. That, yeah, do it all at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully the baby won't be in the food. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Well, everyone, Don, Don Deus, am I pronouncing your last name correctly? Because I always give everyone new names. Uh, Deus. Yeah. Deus. Okay. You got really close. Yeah. Don Deus, it's D-A-I-S uh, dot com. And again, the book is called The S-H-I-T, The, the <laughs> Stuff. And no one tells you about divorce and she's got a whole bunch of other books. So find her on Amazon, find her on her website, social media, all that good stuff. Thank you so much for sharing your story and best wishes as you fill that blank canvas with new things. Yes, and have a good Valentine's Day. Oh, <laughs> don't I'm break sure. up I don't with have anyone. anyone to break up with. I will I find host... someone and then break up with them and buy okay, Valentine's. Okay, real quick. I'll do it on, you know, we're on the road. I'll just go down the street and pick somebody out. Say, <laughs> yeah, make on. it a goal. Set goals. It's important to have goals. <laughs> right. Thanks right. so much. Bye.